0: What's up, everyone? It's uh, me, your uh, host here, Ethan Levy. I am currently a gamer in residence with Connect Ventures, and I'm here with a very, very exciting interview today. Someone who had the bravery and courage to release a premium mobile game in 2022 and has found success with it. Something that most members of the Deconstructor of Fun audience I don't think would ever even consider a premium mobile game with no in-app purchases. Uh, But I'm very excited to have uh, up-and-coming game designer, game creator, Sophie Artemigi here. Hello, Sophie.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here.
0: Um, So why don't we start? uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into game development?
1: Um, Yeah. A few years ago, I was actually training to be a translator from French into English. Um, I was doing that, but um, during my studies, I took a very short course in game narrative design, and I was like, oh, I could do this for the rest of my life, and so now I'm here. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) You're like, translation is horrible. This is great.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's fun. I felt like it was the only thing I was good at at the time. And it was nice kind of to have that validation of finding something that I was both interested in and I got, you know, positive feedback for. Um, Yeah. So then I applied for a master's course at the National Film and Television School um, in England, uh, also known as the NFTS, which is quite funny because people get it mixed up with NFTs. Oh, yeah, you studied
0: at NFTs, so you're a scam artist, like yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I studied scams for so long. My game is a scam, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what I'm here to tell you today. Uh, no, um, yeah, I I got a scholarship with BAFTA while I was there, and that kind of helped me a lot business wise. And um, in my final year, I started development on Hookup, which is then sort of what launched me into this whole like business side of things straight out of it and so it's been really fun
0: yeah so that's your game that you just launched a couple weeks ago right
1: uh yeah i launched it uh june 7th i think so it's been a bit over a month
0: bit over a month um before we get to hookup what what were your motivations for uh becoming a game developer uh what what did you find in yourself when you took that game narrative class that that convinced you like this is what I have to do
1: um I felt really embarrassed about making creative things beforehand in the Mm. UK you're not really encouraged to do that the same way that um it seems that people are in the US and so finally kind of oh don't
0: worry my parents discouraged me as well so (laughs) They still send me the odd law school catalog every now and then. And I'm like, I'm a 40 year old man with a mortgage. I don't need to go to law school. And they're like, well, just in case, you know, as a backup. Um.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. My my family has very like, you know, prestigious jobs background. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, accountants and lawyers and stuff like that. And so it was a bit of a shock for them. But
0: um,
1: for me, it was kind of radical, like giving myself permission to do something creative. And then I kind of went a bit insane with it. I was like, I want to create games about nymphomaniacs on dating <laughs> apps and no one stopped me so that's why i'm here
0: <laughs> right no one was like no you can't do that because you can't <laughs> you know i i mean i'm gonna i'll I'll get back to this but um when i was younger uh, when i was roughly your age i think was when i had the first idea like i was thinking about movies that were art versus movies that were entertainment and why video games weren't considered art. And and the ideas that I had were not original at all. But I thought to myself, like, oh, um, if I think about some of my favorite movies, it's because the create that are that are art and not pure popcorn. It's because the creators put themselves or part of themselves into the story. And that's what we're connecting with in the audience. And so uh, I've never been a disaster bisexual on a dating app or any sort of bisexual or on any sort of dating app. And I, like, your game let me experience some of those things, um, in a really, uh, first person way. And I was like, she did it. She did the thing. And I, I mean, I don't know you that well. I don't know how much of you is in that story or not, but I loved that, um, you know, when I, the, the, the courses I took in school for game development, um, a lot of my fellow students were probably there like, I want to make Grand Theft Auto, I want to make Call of Duty. For me, it was I want to make Ratchet and Clank. And to hear for you, you're like, I want to tell stories and express myself through this medium. And that's such a different, um, I think it's amazing that you had that insight. About yourself, and that you decided to follow through in it and make this product. Now,
1: yeah, well, it, because um, the school I went to is primarily a film school; it just has a game design school mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, uh, that was actually quite helpful because a lot of my friends are like screenwriters, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: we used people who are like film-trained sound designers and composers, and. Mm-hmm. Um, It gave us a bit of an inferiority complex because nobody really considered us proper like screen artists but it did kind of push me to prove myself in that space and that sort of helped me grow um in my own way as a game developer uh so yeah that's that's why it's very um (laughs) it's a very high concept game but i i don't think that's a bad thing and i enjoyed making it and some people enjoyed playing it so yeah
0: yeah um describe for us hook up the game Um,
1: So Hookup is about a woman who matches with her high school bully on a dating app. You play as Alex, who's this 20-something who's going a bit crazy, um, uh, mostly in a fun way, sometimes not in a fun way. And you play by snooping through her dating app, swiping on potential matches, talking to people, including her former bully. And by having these conversations, you kind of figure out what's going on with her and what went down in the past between her and her bully at school. And um, yeah, it's out now on Google Play and um, the App Store.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I liked um, part of what was such a, uh, a great design choice, I thought, was Part of it is typing out messages to the different matches, and it's not just the bully. You there are How, how many different people are there that you can have conversations with?
1: There are 30 different people. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a PC release and add like a few more profiles, and so that should be fun. But yeah, overall, there are 30.
0: Got it. And, and one of my favorite parts is when you're tapping the inputs, and it starts typing out a message, and then it starts deleting a message. <laughs> and uh, it'll be like... I can't remember exactly, so I'm going to get it wrong. But as a good example, as, a, as an example, it might be you're, you're, you've got someone you're like, you were so selfish, I never want to see you again, you fucking bastard. And then you tap some more and then they delete it. And then the character writes a new message and then deletes it. And it made me, it was very immersive. Like it felt very, uh, I thought you did a really good job of matching the medium to the experience.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I really like that mechanic as a storytelling thing because you know that whatever they write, they think is the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas anything that you send to someone is kind of filtered by how you think they'll react to it. And so if you don't send it, then you realize that that filter is just not there. Mm. Um, And I I found that really fun to play around with and I used it on a few characters.
0: Yeah. Um, What I'm not very big into the world of visual novels, but uh, what visual novels inspired you to make Hookup? Um, w- one that I did do know of and know, you know, it seemed like there's some kinship or inspiration with uh, Nikki Case's Coming Out Simulator, which was an IGF winner a long time ago. But I... again, is a game that helped me understand someone's experience that wasn't my own. Uh, so I'm curious, what, what did you look to for inspiration for uh, Hookup?
1: It's really interesting you mentioned that because I remember when it first came out, um, I played it because my friendship group found it on Tumblr. Mm -hmm. And I remember really liking it, but not relating to it that much um, because I've never not been out. But my boyfriend at the time, who was in the closet, was like really struggling it. And I remember that game really resonated with him. And so even though I didn't use it as like some of the original source texts that like, Helps inspire hookup. I like that game definitely had an impact on me and is definitely part of the journey that led me here. Um, I also am a huge fan of um, Tender Creature Comforts, which is a very similar game, except you're not necessarily playing as one person. You can say many different things not just necessarily the thing a disaster bisexual would say <laughs> um and you go on dates with
0: these people that's such a great phrase it. by the way it's just comedic <laughs> when it comes out of your mouth like the rhythm of it is funny on its own i uh...
1: all di- all disaster bisexuals are funny <laughs> and so you know it's a very appropriate title
0: <laughs> So, um uh so i i've uh, i i'm an old uh, I've never done the Tinder's uh, or other similar dating apps. Uh, my only, my online dating life, I was ahead of my time. It was pre-app, and it was uh, very disastrous. <laughs> uh, I had uh, three or four horrible J dates, and that was it. That was all I oh, could no. stomach. Um, can you tell me about some of the experience you've had that have inspired hookup? Because I think um, what's just for the audience who hasn't played, what's again, a really great design choice is that you're playing the game on the phone and your pl- your method is to interact with, with dating apps, is how the story gets told. And so it's like a perfect uh, match. It wouldn't feel quite the same uh, on PC or on uh, with the controller. I mean, it'll still be good, but as, as a first uh, approximation or a first interaction, it just feels really natural um, to be playing a dating app-inspired game. It made me think, like, what other apps could be storytelling mediums? But, anyways, um, so describe some of the experience that inspired this game.
1: Um, I well, that's <laughs> and the I don't.
0: Thing. It doesn't have to be specific. Like, I went out with Ben and he was a jerk, and now I put him in my game so I can oh shame my God. him on Reddit. Ben. Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't even get me started on Ben. Um. <laughs> um well that's the thing like I've y- you meet people on dating apps that you'd never meet just mm-hmm. naturally and so I've met like a physicist and a clinical psychologist and like a bunch of photographers and other stuff and um, I I don't know if this is Strange, but I actually developed quite good friendships with the people I've um, ended up with on dating apps, and so a lot of them have played the game and have messaged me, being like, "Is, is this me?" <laughs> and ninety percent <laughs> of them are wrong. They're just trying right. to flatter themselves. Right. But You're it, like, it sorry,
0: weird. it's an amalgamation. It's an amalgamation. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, totally creative license and all that, you know. um So there, I don't know. It's it's just a lot. the The thing about the thing about online dating is that it's so inorganic and you have the potential for this like very unique closeness which is just like you know meeting somebody and becoming very like close and vulnerable with them very quickly but there's also this like possibility for this intense loneliness which is you know you're doing something that's ostensibly like very passionate and very vulnerable but it can feel so isolating at the same time and so a lot of the stories are kind of just things that made me think of that dichotomy, like things that let me play with that idea. And it's also annoying because, um, you know, the Google Play and App Store rules didn't let me talk about specific examples that would have been as shocking and funny as Mm. I would have liked to. But
0: I think I managed to...
1: (laughs) Maybe if you put in the Konami code, the the real things I I wanted to say I think you
0: should do a hookup X-rated edition no joke People i think ask that's me that. that's a really good marketing and then you can just instead of putting like graphic sex stuff you can just put horribly uh <laughs> true things and that's what's x-rated about it uh, what are some of the things you had to take out
1: or, oh oh or, like very specific kinks
0: there's mm. like
1: there are i think there are two kinks that i kept in um but the thing is they they weren't that weird there's there are a lot of, um...
0: <laughs> You're things. like, well, they're on the king scale, they're like 4 out of 10, but Google, no way.
1: <laughs> honestly, like people, the great thing about dating apps is you can kind of just list things that right. you want and people will be like, I can do that, uh, right. and vice versa. It's and, like shopping
0: for sexual partners.
1: Yeah, it's great. Um, oh god, I'm gonna come off so badly on this, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, I'm sticking to my guns. Um, they... So, you do end up experiencing a lot of very weird things, or like by weird, I mean outside the norm. And I just know in my heart of hearts that some regulatory body would have stopped me if I started talking about urophilia or like CNC or.
0: I'll have to various. look those up in a private browser uh, <laughs> after this is over. Am I allowed to look really those up TV, when six year olds are in the house? No. <laughs>
1: god i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) no it's okay i mean this is like as i said i think what's uh i mean this is really what i was thinking when i was a little gamer dork the closest to this that even existed is leisure suit larry and like what a horrible embarrassment The idea of Leisure Suit Larry is, which was like this horrible text adventure, point and click adventure where you're a loser trying to get laid. And it's like the most juvenile 12 year old like fantasy, but there's like 19 of them. I don't know. They're they're just, they're not, they're, they're garbage games. Sorry to whoever (laughs) made Leisure Suit Larry, but like to be tackling... Uh, interpersonal relationships kinks dating sex in a real adult way with a game like it is art it's uh, I, I think it's really cool I'm like so glad that the medium has progressed this much that you could not only make this piece of art you know with with some restrictions from the app stores but get it out to people and that it respond you know resonates with them
1: yeah although like that said it from a business point of view it was incredibly risky like right. you know the restrictions that came along with it the fact that i released it as a premium game which i don't regret because 90 percent of the comments of people saying please make it free are like 13 year olds and i'm like please yeah. do not play this game
0: yeah um, <laughs> it's a filter if you don't have a credit card you should not experience these
1: uh yeah but like it's yeah um but part of the reason it could get made is that most of it was done off of student labor, and as a result of that, I have a hundred percent profit margin, and you know some great yeah. data going forwards. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's it was a huge gamble, and yeah. you know my my next game. I think I think I would make games like this in the future because I do have an audience, and I do understand how and what I can do, like in 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 terms of what is feasible but it i i i was very naive going into this and it it was like a huge learning curve as like a biz dev right you know yeah
0: well as i said uh hook hook up triple x version on (laughs) itch.io that's where it's that's
1: i'd make so much money if i just started oh the the temptation is real just to make x-rated games
0: (laughs) um this game strikes me as very personal. Um, how much of it do you feel like the character is you versus inspired by you versus an amalgamation of you and your... Like, how... Um, is, it, is it a heightened version of yourself? Is it you and a lot of your peers experience? Or did you really, like, put yourself in the app?
1: Um, I don't know. Because, oh, like, Alex... And I have very similar opinions on things. Alex is the mm-hmm. main character, um, but I'm not sure I could have written a convincing dating sim with somebody who had like a completely different worldview than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I I had issues with being bullied when I was a kid, and I have had weird experiences on dating apps. But it's also like not just you know a, a self insert. Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of sort of patchworking of different personalities of different stories I've heard there's a few stories that are somewhat stolen from my friends like the the story of Alex was more in service of like a larger um not to sound like you know pretentious but of a larger like philosophical um point I wanted to make and that is where you can kind of find me like that's you know Mm-hmm. completely who i am and what i believe but the characters themselves i like i you know there are a few times in the game where alex is an awful person and i'd mm-hmm. hate people to think that, that those were things that i would do or say but I, you know they're real i mean
0: i think that's a, where a lot of uh, I'm, I'm really into comedy and i think that's where a lot of comedy comes from is writers thinking well what if i took myself And took all the filters out and put myself in a heightened version of this scenario. Like Mm. that would be, that would be funny. And it Mm. sounds kind of similar. Like you took, um, you took parts of yourself are in the character, but it being the character, gives you the license for the character to act in ways you never would. Right.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that's a a fair statement. I mean also like the original premise I just thought was very funny. And so yeah. the there were a few things that were just in service of like a gag. And you know yeah. fair enough if that's how you get that.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a I think being matched with your childhood bully is a good hook. It's like instantly understandable. Absolutely. A,
1: a few people have DM'd me being like this is relatable, I matched with my childhood bully and I've never experienced that. That was wild for me that it could happen in real life. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, that's uh I, I'm glad I managed to do it justice to people who've actually been through the situation because had I known that like people who had done that would play the game, I would have felt like a total fraud making it.
0: yeah um you know, I've never uh none of the game well there's only one game I've worked on. I did like one narrative game as an indie many maybe ten years ago that's personal or in you know there's parts of me in the game. Uh, but, you know, when I'm working on something like Legendary Game of Heroes or Tetris or The Mystery of Shark Island or Polly Pride Pet Detective, uh, there's not a lot of room in those games for that type of uh, storytelling. Uh, I'm curious, was it was it scary to put so much of yourself or so much kind of real life into a game? uh it strikes me as being very opening yourself up a lot being very vulnerable to make a game like this
1: um i practice this thing called like radical vulnerability in my like day-to-day life and it's the idea that if you give people complete like context of what's going on in your life even if it's like a bit embarrassing or you have to get a bit vulnerable for it nine out of ten times people will try and help you and so it's a good practice to have and so i've had a lot of practice just being like you know uh, oversharing yeah. too much with everyone all the time. <laughs> and so as like an art piece it was more of the same, but as a product like I didn't realize how much the mental of a mental shift was there because if someone's like this game is cringe, I'm like oh well, you know, like other people like it, but mm-hmm. if a bunch of people are like this game wasn't worth the 185 to that it, you know it took to buy it, I that's different because it's like actually assigning a proper price to it and actually like assigning metrics and that had a very different like psychological impact on me Mm. um i would rather have someone like play it as like in a piece of art and say they hated it and thought that everyone was disgusting in it than have somebody be like i think it was 50 pence too expensive
0: (laughs) yeah that's funny that's like, I'd rather you understood what I was trying to do and decide that you hate it and hate everyone in it and you only want to play nice things uh, instead of uh, saying this wasn't worth it. Well, I think it was worth it and I encourage everyone in the audience to uh, skip a candy bar or <laughs> one quarter of one beer and by yourself hook up the game and uh, expand your uh, mind a little bit.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate the plug.
0: Yeah. What was, what was the development process like? Uh, I know it was a student game or it started as a student game. Like how long did you work on it? Were you working with other people? Did you have any services you paid for? Was it all solo development?
1: Um, Yeah. The, apart from like actual labor, the only cost was uh, eight pounds to buy the, um, font making software
0: Mm. um oh you made your own font
1: yeah we 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 did it because um we wanted to be able to match it properly to the hand-drawn aesthetic of everything Mm. um we yeah uh it was very very ugly when we originally made it but we we put a lot of effort into it and i like to think it paid off um (laughs) yeah so uh the master's project started officially in february of 2021 um Mm -hmm. we made it uh i had a sound designer a composer an animator and a marketing person so the sound designer did all of the like pops and pings you can hear and the dialogue editing and um all everything that went in with the cinematics uh the composer did the music that you can hear for the game and the uh we we showcased it at a few conventions like EGX and we had um a, a mini scene that we made for the game and the marketing person dealt with that um because it was part of their course mm-hmm.
0: uh
1: and then I did everything else oh and the animator did the cutscenes um yeah and then um but during the development period like a a lot went wrong like i was um hospitalized five times i had chemotherapy which made me have to isolate for five months and then two weeks before the release i had two internal organs removed um and so i i like telling people that because i think that it all of this is because i have this disability and i like to brag that it makes me a better game developer than the average person because no one else can go through that amount of catastrophe and make a sellable product in a year. But
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. that's. Uh, I'm I'm sorry all that happened to you, and that's kind of amazing that through all that you have a completed product.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I'm... like because it's because I'm disabled. Anyone who's listening, hire disabled people because like they know what's up. Like the pandemic, it's nothing to us. Just just another uh, quarantine, and yeah, yeah. it's um. Well, that's the thing, like, you know, I had to go through it, but, you know, there wasn't really much of another option. And so I did go through it. And I think a lot of people can like experience, can like feel that with um, COVID because we all had to kind of just really adapt to a new situation. And we all managed to make some good games despite it. And so, you know, you just, you just keep on going on.
0: Yeah. Um, How are you doing now?
1: Um good. I've got some gnarly scars from from the surgery. Uh, and you know, I'm on a handful of meds every day. But you know, I'm I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm working on various games. And so that's fun.
0: Yeah, that's a good, uh, good attitude to have. Um, so it was largely yourself on and off uh, for a year, uh, working with a couple other specialists who are students. Uh, beset by uh, personal health issues and setbacks along the way that caused work stoppages, I'm sure. Um, along uh, the way, did you look for publishing support for the game? I mean, I know we met because I was a judge for the big indie pitch from uh, Pocket Gamer, which up one. I was very happy to be uh, voting on that, but... What was what was your experience like on the business side of things taking this uh, 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 mature content visual novel premium mobile game uh, to, to different publishers or investors or business people uh, asking for funding or support?
1: Um, yeah, well, we, we got a lot of no's because it's a premium mobile game and it's 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't really put me off. And we we also got a few no's because, you know, of the other things to do with it, like um, the mature audience sort of risky nature of it and the fact that it can't be sold in certain countries with more like conservative uh, mm-hmm. laws around that stuff. Um, but we, we did almost get published, but it didn't end up working out in the end because, uh, going with them would mean we'd have to miss a key window, uh, in the app store, uh, Mm. because we got, um, on the editor's list, uh, because we released in pride month and the game is very, uh, unapologetically bisexual. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that was good. And I'm. It would have been a good learning experience to work with a publisher but ultimately i don't regret not working with one
0: yeah that's awesome that you got that um that pride month placement um that's probably as valuable (laughs) as any publishing you could get i mean i don't know um what in in going through that process and getting a lot of rejections as a developer like what uh, feedback would you have for publishers at large? Like, what were interactions you had um, that felt positive that left you feeling like, "Oh, I want to email that person again for the next game," versus ones where you're like, "And and I'm not talking, you know, don't nothing, nothing specific, nothing like, uh, well, Ethan Publishing Co. was horrible and <laughs> fuck those guys." But just like, what are the things that on the developer end? you know, facing all these rejections where you're like, oh, this was, you know, I had a positive experience. I want to work with these people again or reach out to them again versus, like, I'm taking them off my email list. They're, they're a waste of my time.
1: Well, yeah, uh, to be honest, just receiving a rejection email that kind of specifically acknowledged you was very helpful. Um right. I actually became really good friends with the CEO of a publishing company because they rejected me so nicely that I then emailed them a thank you for their rejection and right. then we became friends after that which was you know a very cute origin story so you um, make
0: you you make friendships on dating apps you make friendships when you get rejected by publishers I think you're just a very uh, friendly person good with uh, the electronic communications. <laughs>
1: I just, you know, why, why wouldn't you want friends? Yeah, Like friends are just lovely, lovely things to have. Ugh, friends are um, just
0: obligations. If uh, <laughs> Mishka Kakoff would stop DMing me on Slack, I'd get a lot more done. No.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know, like the, if, if publishers, if all of the publishers were um, in front of me with the pens and notepads, like trying to mm-hmm. take notes, I just think it's like showing that you're specifically acknowledging the people. It's not just a Mm -hmm. blanket letter. And yeah, um, a lot of them were like, I'm sorry, we can't give feedback because of the amount of um, pictures we get. And that's absolutely fine. Just as long as it's doesn't seem very like cold and robotic. That said, um, one publisher I talked to actually likened publishing to a dating app because if you're a guy on a dating app you like have to message all of these women and you'll rarely get a reply or a match and it's just like mm-hmm. soul destroying whereas if you're a woman you have like your choice and you can just sit back and let the best options come to you. And so being a developer and pitching to publishers is like being a guy on a dating app and you just have to be as charming and as like, you know, straightforward as possible in in hopes of starting a good relationship. And so maybe that's why I made so many friends with publishers, because uh, mm-hmm. of that mindset.
0: Yeah. Um, ultimately, the game was self-published. It sounds kind of it was halfway between a um, a choice and a necessity. It looks like it sounds like you had that placement, um, that Pride Month promotion, and so you kind of were at a choice point: Do I want to go with the publishing, or do I want to publish now? and hit this promotion um and i would expect that that pride month promotion was part of the uh success story of uh hookup
1: yeah um being number one on the app store like even though it was for a few hours it was insane and that was definitely because of the you know promotion from apple as well as like a bit from um tiktok uh that i was able to bring in um yeah well, that's I, an everyone... amazing
0: accomplishment. So, uh, you, you are number one on the paid charts.
1: Yeah, number one on the paid charts. Um, that's it's, great. You... Take yeah, that,
0: Papa's you. Pizzeria to go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> screw Papa's Pizzeria. People don't want pizza; they want horny bisexuals.
0: Um, <laughs> I smart. I actually, uh, based on some some preliminary searching I've I've done, people want horny bisexuals followed by pizza. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. uh... Can
1: someone email Papa's Pizzeria and see <laughs> if we can get a collab going? <laughs> That's an idea right there. There's um there's a dating sim called Only Cans where it's like horny soda cans. Maybe uh-huh. maybe we could do like, you know, horny pizzas and uh that could be an idea.
0: Yeah.
1: Um yeah, anyone who feels free to collab on that idea DM me. Um <laughs> But yeah, Find um... your
0: perfect slice. <laughs> Customized to your liking. All hey, I want meat. some topping? Who likes <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Yeah. I uh I have a joke that I would get canceled for. I'll tell you after Wonderful. this recording. That's a, that was a sign of emotional maturity that I did not say this horrible joke on on air. It's terrible. I would get cancelled.
1: I can't uh, wait for this joke. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to be refreshing our DMs after this. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Where, um, where were
1: we? Horny um, bisexuals on the app honey, store. That's Right. Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. You were number one. You were. Does that make you the number one? bisexual or just the number one game developer
1: um i'm going to change my linkedin bio to both um, <laughs> can't wait Tom- for that. it's oh an honor
0: <laughs> and Gosh. let me tell you is a 40 year old cis white guy seeing getting a message from somebody on linkedin that said world's number one bisexual game developer <laughs> i would be like i have to block this now because i'm clearly about to get scammed This is clearly a phishing scam.
1: Well, yeah, but that's the thing. There, there are so many uh, bisexual game developers. I think I'd uh, instantly get nerfed by one of them. Yeah, yeah, no, you know,
0: that's actually something I've always liked about um, game development, as opposed to like making accounting software or you know something more corporate or boring. Is I feel like, I mean, I'm I am a forty year old white guy, father, middle American, so I'm like. There's a lot of me that's normal, but I'm also a freak. Like, I've always been a freak and a nerd. And, like, I feel like uh, in game development, I've found my people. And I've always been around people of all types as a result, you know. I think it's yeah. a very... Or it can, parts of it. Parts of it are famously unwelcoming to anybody who's not. And I uh, uh, I'm sorry to everybody who's gone through... Those types of experiences, but I think as an industry, it's very welcoming to uh, very different type of people.
1: Yeah, I would hope so. I
0: don't know. (laughs) Well, it's
1: weird because I like I've experienced some like horrible sexism and like behavior I wouldn't wish on anyone else. But you're right; right, like some of the best people I've ever met are in this industry. And I, I, you know, I think we're currently experiencing growing pains where we know yeah. what we want to be. We know we want to be this inclusive, like open thing where, you know, yeah. people can express themselves and people can feel all of this empathy because of this great medium we work with. But yeah, there, there is still
0: 13 year old boy. <laughs> boobs yeah. Type. There's a, yeah. When you grew up with Leisure Suit Larry, you know,
1: I think you might be entitled to financial compensation from the death of Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> I'm sure someone's um, going to demand compensation from me at some point. So, you know, might as well start ahead of the curve.
0: Um, for, <laughs> all right. So there was the pride month promotion. Um, what, what have been, there were some conf- uh, conventions you did. What, what have been your other marketing efforts as essentially a student project, solo indie dev with, uh, not all, you know, not a giant bankroll behind you. How did you get the word out about a uh, hookup? We
1: um, Use TikTok a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We had like an official account at the beginning, but uh, then I decided just to use my personal TikTok to promote it, and that went down really well. Um, one of our videos has 1.7 million views. Um, yeah, I saw
0: that. it was 1.8 when I checked it yesterday. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's um, yeah, and it's it's really funny. People really responded well to this series I did called "Cool Features in My Game," and mm-hmm. Uh, every single time it was just like an intro saying cool features in my game, part one, two, three, or whatever. And then the feature would be like being a disaster bisexual, getting Mm -hmm. blocked, Um, you know, being, you know, sending sexts or something like that. And it was always just like, oh, this is really depraved. And people really responded well to that, which, you know, was uh, nice. Um, Yeah, I... TikTok is just absolutely insane the way it's algorithm works. It's so powerful and compared Mm -hmm. to other social media like it really does convert into sales um, You know, which is really cool, but also very overwhelming if you just join this to make a slutty game and now You have- Thirsty. uh... I
0: think I think thirsty is the word we're looking for. Okay,
1: thirsty. Sorry. I'm gonna get I'm gonna (laughs) get you banned off whatever platform you're using sorry well just well, if i have to be banned so do you come on uh,
0: yeah well we'll all get well i think thirsty i don't know you you're the young person you can tell me if i'm wrong <laughs> thirsty feels positive slutty feels like it has a lot of um shame associated with it
1: yeah yeah there's there's an argument for reclamation but you're right mm-hmm. there is that sort of shame uh associated with sluttiness but i think hookups also a very shameful game i think it encourages you to sit with a lot of shame and I think right. that's a good thing, you know?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Sitting, sitting with your painful feelings and learning to experience them instead of drinking or taking drugs or extreme sports or buying things or whatever. I, I hear that it's very healthy and healing. I've never tried this myself, but I've been encouraged and told that feeling your feelings um, can be a positive experience. I, of course, have no feelings, so I don't know what people are talking about. Um,
1: oh, so you're a true game dev veteran.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I practiced that laugh uh, for hours. <laughs> um, what's funny What's funny about this is that the thing that got you, um, that caused rejections from publishers, the thing that caused you to have to censor and edit your product to get onto the app stores to confirm with your guidelines, which is like, Um, talking openly about sexual experiences, this is part of what went viral on TikTok. Like, it's content people want and have clearly responded to by the 1.8 million uh, views. So it's like being there on the edge, uh, even though it was part of what caused rejections, also caused success and acceptance.
1: Yeah, but like, that's the thing. It's not even that edgy. Like, it's about a conventionally attractive white woman who's Mm. just makes poor life choices. Like that, that could describe so many games, film, TV, like, that's the premise
0: of all of Amy Schumer's sketch comedy, basically. Basically.
1: (laughs) God. Um, And yeah, like, that's, it's it's not that revolutionary. And there were definitely still things we had to censor. But yeah, that like people can very much tell when something's being sanitized for the mm-hmm. sake of like that common denominator, and I think that people could tell with hookup that we were like, you know, screw that. We we're, we're just gonna try and make this. We don't have anything to lose, really. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm really glad it resonated with people because it would have been quite embarrassing if I was like, look at my edgy game, and no one right. wants to play it. Uh,
0: you know, I think uh, putting putting art out into the world uh that is is its own you know, there's nothing to be embarrassed about with taking a taking a risk and uh trying something even if people don't find it. Well yeah
1: also embarrassment's good, you know. You know, like shame it's good to feel every once in a while.
0: Right. Yeah. Um so it's it's launched a month ago. Uh, we, we've covered that, that it topped the charts on the, uh, uh, iOS store. Number one paid for a couple hours, which again is an amazing achievement. Uh, I've worked on plenty of mobile apps. None have been number one on top paid. None of been number one on top downloaded. Tetris might've made it into the top. Def, Tetris definitely made it into the top 50, um, but never... That much um, for downloads. Um, what? How did the launch go um, for you? Oh I God, know I know from bit. the TikToks that the app that the app store launch went well, and it looked like the uh, Android has been the disaster platform.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there was an issue where the game wouldn't download onto every Android user's phone, and that stayed up for a week that entire week i thought i was having a heart attack right like we've bounced back since then you know it's not doing as well as apple but i never expected it to do as well as apple the Um, game
0: wouldn't download or it wouldn't open up
1: it was it was weird it basically the it downloaded like empty file for some reason So it's like one
0: of those problems that you can't solve without someone's help at Google and you're probably like using the portal and messaging and you're just like waiting and you're just one of one bazillion apps waiting for customer service that you're never going to get.
1: Yeah, well, we ended up getting um, we ended up just using a completely different build and like changing the keys and everything like that. But oh, my God, it was. Yeah, Um Yeah, everyone says their launch is going to be a disaster. And I was like, that won't happen to me. And then it (laughs) did. And luckily, like I know better now, I know what to look out for. Going forward, I would like, I allocated one month to um, storefront and marketing uh, Mm -hmm. in my schedule. I would have allocated, I'm going to allocate minimum three next time. Like it is, there is so much that can go wrong that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. think of as a developer. Um, yeah, so it, it was a disaster, but we, you know, we survived it somehow.
0: And, um, how, what's the reaction been from the people who've discovered it on TikTok, who've bought it, you know, what's, what's the, uh, audience response been like?
1: Um, yes, it's it's very mixed because TikTok, its main audience are like younger children. And so Mm -hmm. you get all of these people who shouldn't be playing the game. Mm-hmm. uh who have different expectations than older um people like people who are seventeen plus.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and that's very frustrating because I I I am very big on taking criticism and it frustrates me when I'm like, well, you're twelve, your opinion's not valid. But it's yeah. true in this world. Your one brain case. hasn't
0: formed yet.
1: I know, it's uh-huh. like, what are you twelve? Oh yeah, they are twelve. Um <laughs> And so that was frustrating, because every every video I get, there are like, you know, a bunch of comments, like twenty comments being like, "Make it free, you know, at yeah. least." And I'm just like, "I, you are twelve. If I Put it make on, it free,
0: yeah. putting on Roblox, <laughs> oh, they can God. they can do they can match with one, and then they have to spend V Bucks to unlock the rest." <laughs> This is oh. look. This is why you go to me. I the brilliant business mind that said put the dating game on. I, you know, they'll discover it. They'll spend their V. Hell yeah!
1: Well, uh, yeah. I I think the market of selling semi pornographic material to twelve year olds has really been unexplored, and mm. so I no, I think I, we
0: I think it's been <laughs> thoroughly explored and found <laughs> illegal. Um, oh no. let's let's talk about that pizza dating game offline pizza dating pizza slice dating on roblox with a lot of innuendo we've got a great love
1: it we fantastic out 2023 let's do it um (laughs) yeah um but it also the, the thing about tiktok is that the algorithm no one understands it and for good reason, because if we did, like, people would take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has also found like a lot of people who are really passionate about the game, and that's been very like heartening to see people mm-hmm. being like, oh, I'm non-monogamous, and I really like this game. Um, it was also really interesting to see people's um, uh, presumptions about it too, because I would get all of these messages being like, she better not fall in love with her bully. And I'm like, who said anything about love? That, right th- this w- love. What does love how have yeah <laughs> right? <laughs> that's cute yeah um
0: love that's for olds like <laughs> for the olds. uh
1: yeah they they put that in when they extract your wisdom teeth right
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah yeah might haven't fully come through so you know
0: um how so let me let me ask you about this are you Knowing that the game's promotion was, like, a Pride Month promotion, Mm -hmm. uh, and that probably, like, the most likely time you're going to get promoted next would be part of another Pride promotion for this game, is my guess. Um, As a developer, are you glad that that sort of promotional spot and promotional content exists? Or does it feel marginalized? Like why can't this game be promoted through other venues? Why is it only under? I, I could see it both ways, right? Like you know, we don't we don't have white male game developer promotion month because I think all 11, uh, 11 or 12 months are are for promoting white straight male developers, right? But in it, I think do you get my question right like does it feel, uh are you is it positive, tokenizing, mix of both? You know, what what's your reaction when you think about that?
1: I mean I think the I th- I think it goes like a level up from that because even though games are something anyone can make and anyone can slap on whichever store as long as they, you know, pay the developer fee, um if you want to get featured, you have to appeal to like a group of five people from each store and they have their own like personal agenda as to what's what they're going to feature and you know it to to some degree you it has to be that way because otherwise people wouldn't get recommended games that they would like and there would be a lot of like spam or dodgy games if there weren't some sort of vetting process but it is kind of just playing into this larger game of how can i get this group of five or six people to notice me and want to talk about my game and for this game it had to be like within the context of pride um yeah so that that that's kind of just how any storefront works i assume i don't know what it's like in the sort of you know crypto well (laughs) (laughs) Well, there aren't
0: there yeah i don't know yet either but um i mean i think uh you and i talked about um marketing a couple weeks or months ago and i mean part of me does think like the the games i'm starting on now um because i'm you know starting in a brand new game company from the ground up day one i'm thinking about marketability right like my having gone having had the experiences i've had over the past 20 years uh i'm i'm now coming at it where 10 years ago i probably didn't think this way Actually, I know that when I, you know, when I struck out on my own 10 years ago, I didn't think about it this way. And now uh, here I am and I'm like, okay, it's day one. What is my marketing hook? Like, how can I prove that this hook does appeal to people whom I trying to appeal to? And I am going marketing first in a way. And that's partially because I have um, some confidence in my ability to make a fun game. So, you know, on your end, I wouldn't be... I think it would be a totally valid, uh, you know, coming off this experience to say like, okay, well, what's the game I can get ready and in front of people in time for Pride 2023? Like, how can I, how can I dig into that, uh, marketing advantage that I have that other people don't, you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, as a business person, I think that's a valid way to think about it.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I'm, a queer, disabled, neurodivergent woman in games, right. so I've got, like, five Bingo. months I can yeah. fall back on, you know um,
0: You can be tokenized a lot of times Yeah, yeah. like,
1: <laughs> I you know, not to brag or anything but I'm, like, pretty oppressed um, Sorry But, yeah, I, I agree with you I do like to <laughs> Sorry <laughs> Yeah, um Pardon <laughs> It is important to make sure that your game can sell units because, you know, at the end of the day, you need to, you need to be able to support yourself and it needs to be a job rather than a hobby. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very confident in my ability to hold people's attention. I mean, you mentioned we met at the big indie pitch, which Mm -hmm. I won that round of because I'm so confident that I can like charm people and persuade people and dazzle people. And, you know, my next game I don't think is going to be the same as hookup, but I think there are similar strategies I can take to market mm -hmm. it well.
0: Yeah. And don't, don't, uh, it wasn't all personality. I mean, I think the judges were reacting primarily to the game and, and the state of it and the uniqueness of it. Um, and so speaking of this game, for you, it's been a hit right how How's it performed business wise?: yeah.
1: Pretty good. I spoke to a lot of premium game developers beforehand so I could get a realistic idea of how it worked. I wrote up a proper business plan with you know an upper bound, a uh, you know a goal, and a lower bound, and because of the Android uh disaster, it's going to be like. slightly less than um the middle bounds that we made for ourselves Mm -hmm. but it's enough to like if i if i just wanted for uh the rest of my life to publish a visual novel every year i i could do that and live comfortably and i'm happy with that
0: yeah that's great i mean most people most premium games or most games uh with iap or ad driven or anyway don't even Reach that success level of being able to support a developer. And I mean, on Deconstructive Fund, we obviously talk about the top grossing games, and a lot of people who are on have worked or aspire to make games that are, you know, making tens, if not hundreds of millions a year uh, because they're big mass market games made by a lot of people with giant marketing budgets. But um, success is, you know, success is a bar you set for yourself. And it sounds like, um, you have a game that, that you've made mostly by yourself with low costs. You're young, although it does sound like the, the health... Well, you're not in the U.S., so maybe healthcare. If you were here, you would definitely be financially destitute. Well,
1: I I am American. And the the reason I've not lived in, you know, my father's homeland is because of my disability. But as you said, like success is sort of something you decide for yourself. And I would be very unsuccessful working at a bigger company. Because Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you employed someone like me, who then had to take off like random times for hospitalization and chemotherapy, that might be very frustrating to you. And that might not be a situation that you could work through. It might, but it would be very hard because it was very hard for me. And I was the one in charge. Um, and there there have been a lot of jobs, not in the games industry that I've worked that have been quite hostile towards that. Mm-hmm. Whereas being able to do it on my own and to accommodate for myself and to work around my own disability, it's kind of created this virtuous cycle where I'm able to work to my fullest extent and I'm able to create a good game and therefore I'm able to, you know, make a proper living from it, which is nice.
0: I'm, um, I, we're, I I don't want to be too greedy with your time. Uh, but that does strike me as a really good point to dig in on. Um, what do you think have been some of the keys to keeping a positive mental, mindset and keeping I mean momentum uh, keeping momentum in a project is something that every uh, create every game developer struggles with I don't I don't know a single game that's been like well we started it and then we just worked eight hours a day every day for four weeks and everybody felt great the whole time and it was shit you know like every everybody is struggling with that problem of momentum and progress and setbacks And I think your um, story is more heightened um, because, like, my setbacks might be like, my bills were high and I felt bad for a week. And yours, like, well, I had chemotherapy and I was out for I was in quarantine for a month. And I'm like, I need to turn my attitude around because I'm a whiny white guy. Um, Sorry. So what have been what have been some of the keys? sorry, to staying positive and keeping the momentum up uh, among uh, these types of medical setbacks?
1: Um, well, um, it, it's sorry, I'm going to I'm going to restart what I was going to say. Yeah, basically, when you're ill, you have to let yourself experience the entire spectrum of human emotion. And that's the only way that you can be positive. Because I was so grumpy. And like angry and sad and tearful, um, you know, during the weeks that I was having chemotherapy because it is not nice and it doesn't feel nice. But if you let yourself feel that, if you let yourself take the time off and then you uh, projects manage appropriately, you can kind of get through it. Like everything's achievable and you come out feeling quite good about yourself because you've done this great thing. So it's not about having this kind of toxic positivity, it's about being kind to yourself, letting yourself do what you need to do and then just kind of getting up and going forward. Um no game is more important than anyone's physical or mental health. Um and so if if you need to work, you know, 8 hours a day while you're feeling depressed or while all of this shit's happening, just just cut features like Screw the game. It's not that important. Yeah. Look after yourself. That's that's my philosophy. At least I understand that if I were making like a third person shooter slash fighter game, there it would be more obvious if I had left certain things out. But the player doesn't know what the completed mm-hmm. game looks like in your head, so yeah, they don't need to know what you you didn't do because you weren't feeling well or you just wanted to play Super Mario Sunshine for two days straight.
0: Right, they don't know you had to scope the ambitions of the game to your capabilities, your energy level and your personal needs is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, the game is completely UI based. I didn't have to do like any character animations, mm-hmm. any anything. All it was was a story that got delivered to you in a slightly clever way and that was very achievable what by one person and you know, it's a proper game. People accept it as yeah. A legitimate game even though it took a lot less work than a lot of my peers uh, games because they didn't have this constant fear of you know just falling ill every right. other week
0: and and now you've you've had enough success with the game that you can support yourself while you make uh game number two
1: so with this game because i did it with student labor i'm going to divide the profits mm. with them like Properly because they invested their time into it, but um, game number two, I'll now have funds going forward that I can just pay people up front, and it That's can great. just be the supporting cycle. Um, but you know, if anyone wants to throw some money my way, DM me. <laughs> I, I'm always listening.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, there's there are some there's uh, someone I want to uh, introduce you to after this. I'm actually not <laughs> sure if I might have already. Um, but uh, what, what I'll, I'll get to the wrap-up um, so that uh, uh, I'm not too So that greedy. you can
1: DM me about the joke that you made
0: earlier. <laughs> I'm not writing that down. That's how bad it, it is. It. There will be can no... Can you
1: interpretive dance it,
0: maybe? Yeah, I'll tell it to you, but uh, no written record. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what lessons did you learn from the launch of uh, Hookup that you're applying to game number two? Um... We already covered to spend a lot, book a lot more time for get storefront and getting it live and promotion. Book a lot more
1: time for storefront. Understand that like the community um, management aspect of it is a lot more taxing and time consuming than you give credit for. Shout out to all community managers. Um, Yeah, they are amazing people and have uh,
0: a very challenging job. Yeah.
1: and um yeah i don't know i just i frankly i think the biggest takeaway are my new expectations and it's very unhelpful because everyone will tell you going into it being like it's way harder and way more complicated than you imagine and you think to yourself that's not true and then it happens Hmm. to you and you're like oh that is true and then you get better for the next game and so it's not very helpful for me to say but it's true and that's what i'm taking forward
0: You're like, oh, that thing everybody warned me about. <laughs> they were warning me for a reason. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any other creators uh, uh, who you'd like to highlight? Um, any other visual novel creators or indie game creators that I should uh, look into instead of playing uh, Metal Gear Survivor? And what am I playing now? I'm playing Metal Gear 5 and I'm playing Vampire Survivors on the Steam Deck. Oh, nice. But yeah. uh, any, anything more on, and I'm playing Hookup. I'm about halfway through. Uh, uh, other, other games or creators you'd like to uh, recommend?
1: Um, there's another game that I worked on that the demo is out for that is being released later this year called Zalige. It's by mm-hmm. uh, Louis Torres-Telfer. And it's this awesome uh, game where you play as a medieval Islamic mosaic maker. And I'd highly recommend it. It's not as slutty as hookup, I'm sorry to say. It's not as um, thirsty as hookup. <laughs> thirsty. I mean, um, I wish it were, but you know, that was his design choice. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And also, in this terms carpet of carpet, is. A... <laughs> yeah. no. so two, the carpets yeah. do match the drapes. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'll pitch that to him the second this call ends. Yeah. Yes, and also play tender creature comforts. I've mentioned it before, and I will mm-hmm. mention it until my dying breath. It's a great game. Right. Um, yes, play it.
0: And uh, where are you? It sounds like you've already started development on uh, the next game. Yes. Where are you? An uh, announced
1: game. Um, we've got the game design document done. The story element of it mostly done, and we're waiting for one or two things to fall in place before i can properly uh announce it and i really wish i could it's another sort of visual novel thing and i really think people will like it so that's all i can tell you for now
0: great and so if people are intrigued they've obviously already gone to the app store or the play store and bought hook up the game easily worth the two dollars um where can they follow you? Where can they uh, follow along to, to hear when this next game is announced?
1: Um, they can follow me at Sophie Artemigi. My last name is one of those difficult Italian-American names, um, A-R-T-E-M-I-G-I, um, on pretty much all social media. Um, and yes, that, that's it. I'm not very creative with my usernames. It's just my name with an at at the beginning of it.
0: All right. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing uh, with us. Uh, Congratulations on all the success you've had uh, with Hookup, and I look forward to uh, what comes next.
1: Thank you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the whole episode. If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.